Welcome everybody to the KASB Advocate Podcast for Friday, October 21st, 2022. I'm Leah Flyter and I'm joined by my colleagues, Scott Rothschild, John Four, and our fabulous producer, Alec Madrigal. And today we're going to talk about special education funding, Kansas ACT scores, the KASB regional meetings, and then we'll wrap up with the discussion of the upcoming election. On October 20th, KASB, the United School Administrators, the Kansas Association of Special Education Administrators and others sponsored a press conference on special education funding. The speakers were KASB Legislative Chair Shannon Kimball with the Lawrence USD 497 School Board, Chanute Superintendent Kellen Adams, Goddard Superintendent Justin Henry, and Kyle Carlin of the West Central Kansas Special Education Co-op. The speakers highlighted the urgency of fully funding special education in Kansas. Scott, what were your takeaways from the press conference? Well, this is uh, just a major issue for K through 12 education right now. Uh, you know, a lot has been said and written and spoken about the Gannon funding from the lawsuit. But what, what doesn't get uh, uh, too much ink, I guess, is that a lot of that funding is getting uh, eaten up because uh, the state is not providing enough money in the special education silo. So districts across the state are having to take money from their general uh, operating funds to put into special ed. So this affects all districts. And we are hearing it more and more about, you know, school districts having to transfer large percentages, uh, you know, like 10% of their general fund budgets to special education. And, uh, you know, this, if the state provided what it is supposed to provide under state law, and there's a thing called 92% excess costs, and we're we're not near that, We, we are falling behind every year. And so this is uh, kind of uh, eating up uh, the increases under Gannon, and it is affecting all students. We are providing the services, and we are more than happy to provide the services. In fact, we advocate for the services for special education, but uh, it is it is robbing uh, general education funds, and, and that is becoming a big problem in our districts. Scott, I'll go ahead and add on talking about the kind of fully funded, I think there might be a little bit of confusion, um, especially getting into campaign season, or I guess towards the end of campaign season now, what uh, fully funded schools truly, like what it means. And I think we've talked about, yes, Gannon uh, has been funded by the legislature. Um, They approved the final year of the five-year plan, plus the first year of the inflationary adjustment. So by that kind of definition, yes, schools are being fully funded. But the thing is, the SPED funding, it's a it's a different separate pool of money. And I think one thing for us uh, school board members or superintendents or principals, we kind of understand this difference of, you know, what is Gannon funding, what is special ed funding, how they're different, how they can be used differently. But I think once that gets, once that gets out to the public or even to some legislators, um, that isn't always as clear. So they hear, okay, schools are fully funded, but here you are asking for uh, special ed funding. Like, w- which one is it? That's great. Great insights, John. That is absolutely right. Thanks for adding that. You know, um, it's going to be 
very important over the next few weeks here uh, before the uh, November election. And then as we head into the legislative session for school board members, superintendents and other leaders to be talking with your candidates and your legislators about this issue of special education. We know that leadership intends to try to rewrite the special education statute, uh, probably beginning very early in January uh, to attempt to, for lack of a better word, give the legislature credit for fully funding special education at the current level, which I, I think our folks are saying is about 71% of excess costs. And uh, once the federal ESSER money for special education goes away, that's gonna drop to um, the low to mid 60%. And so we know that there will be an attempt to rewrite the special education law in 2023. If that is something that you find um, objectionable or concerning, then you need to start contacting your legislators now. And we have provided a very simple messaging tool for our members and for our partners. And you can find that on our KASB website. You can go to www.kasb.org, then click on resources then click on key document resources and scroll down to find the SPED messaging tool. That tool just has three questions for you to answer about how you use special education funding and what you could do if you had more special ed funding and didn't have to move funds from the general fund. And uh, then it gives you just a quick tool there to figure that out and to communicate that with your legislators. So, please be sure to use that. I can't stress enough how urgent this issue is. And I, I don't think I'm overstating that. Do you, Scott or John? No, I think it's uh, it, it's gonna be one of the major issues and, and, and legislators need to hear from their local folks and local schools about how this affects them. Because when they come to Topeka, they're gonna be told a $10 bill in special ed is actually $20. I mean, they're, they're going to rewrite, they're going to try to rewrite the rules and, 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 and rewrite the math. But, but, but if they hear from their local folks about what is going on and, and, and what the funding needs are, uh, uh, that, that will go a long way to educate them so that they have the facts and, and they, can, they can vote the right way. They can vote for their, with their constituents. I want to mention too, uh, KASB will be pushing out uh, very soon a great uh, video clip summary of the press conference and um, it's gonna knock your socks off when you see it. So uh, stay tuned for that on our social media channel. Well, uh, switching topics, uh, John, you recently published an excellent report on Kansas ACT scores. Why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, so about this time last week, uh, ACT released their scores and some data uh, surrounding the class of 2022 and how they performed on the test. And so kind of the big headline takeaway from this was that the Kansas ACT score uh, had remained steady uh, despite uh, one of the steepest national declines in at least a decade. So kind of looking at trends, uh, both Kansas and national scores have kind of been decreasing since 2000, about 2015, um, and these losses became a little bit more severe during the pandemic. Uh, 
one thing that the ACT kind of wanted to keep in mind was that for the class of 22, they had experienced some type of pandemic-related disruption during their freshman, sophomore, and junior years. However, <clears throat> despite these challenges, uh, Kansas was one of only six states that either maintained or improved their composite score for the class of 2022. Kansas test takers averaged a composite score of 19.9, the same score that they had done last year. Nationally, the average score dropped by half a point from 20.3 to 19.8. Uh, additionally, Kansas was one of only eight states that maintained or increased the number of students that were meeting uh, ACT college-ready benchmarks. Again, kind of Kansas doing better than what the national trends would suggest otherwise. And so kind of just what does this all mean? Uh, while the 2022 leveling uh, kind of off this stability in the score for Kansas is only one year, uh, it could suggest that some of the impacts um, of the several state efforts, uh, such as the increased funding that has occurred under Gannon, or the stronger emphasis on planning for post-secondary success that has been kind of pushed under the Kansas CAN, or even the use of ESSER funds to help address learning loss have all uh, been positive, positively impacting student performance, uh, especially when you compare it to uh, the national scale. Yeah, I think our I think our educators uh, deserve a round of applause. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the um, uh, we're one of six states that either stayed steady or increased, and and uh, that's uh, that's a wonderful result uh, uh, given the, uh, the the pandemic. Uh, the and which I think ACT said was the the, the biggest disruption in education in in a century. So um, um, I think kudos. Absolutely, that was great news, and thanks for putting that research together, John. Well, you know, over the uh, past few weeks, uh, from the end of September through October, the, your KASB advocacy staff put, I think, nearly 2,000 miles on the road with uh, Executive Director Dr. Brian Jordan. We visited every region of the state to talk to KASB leaders about our legislative platform and the issues that they felt we needed to make sure to advocate for uh, when the legislative session begins in January of 2023. Not surprisingly, special education funding shortfalls were was uh, Number one on the list, but I think number one A on the list was uh, teacher recruitment and retention. We also talked about opposition to vouchers and education savings accounts and tuition tax credits. And we talked about increasing respect for the teaching profession and for the educational profession uh, through local control of curriculum and, and class content and, and decision making. All of those meetings were in preparation for our convention in November, because on November 12th, our delegate assembly will meet to adopt those resolutions, those policy platforms, which serve as your advocacy team's roadmap in the 2023 legislative session. You still have plenty of opportunity to give us your feedback. We have emailed those legislative platforms for the state and for federal topics to every board superintendent, every board president and every board clerk in the state. We ask you to review those with your boards throughout this month of October and into the beginning of November. If you see any areas that you would like to amend, 
uh, please let us know no later than November 10th. That's 48 hours before the delegate assembly on November 12th. If you need a, an amendment form, I believe that should have been emailed with the resolutions packet. If not, uh, let us know here on the advocacy staff and we'll get you one. So uh, if you need to look at those resolutions, you can do that online. You can go to kasb.org, click on resources, then click on key document resources and look for 2023 draft state and federal resolutions. Scott and John, you have any comments about our great tour of the state? Uh, it was uh, the first time we'd seen some of these folks probably uh, since uh, probably 2020 or 2021, just due to lack of travel because of the pandemic. It was great to get out and, and see people and meet people, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll let John talk since uh, this was this was his first uh, swing uh, out out uh, to see the uh, to see the state. Yeah, no, it was a great experience to sit down with both local leaders and uh, the occasional uh, representative or senator or lawmaker, and really just have a conversation about what is going on in our schools. Um, a lot of times, I think we kind of all get into our own little worlds and don't really necessarily reflect or communicate amongst others to know how different policies or things are impacting each other. And so I feel like these meetings, uh, the first kind of major opportunity that we've had uh, post pandemic to sit down and have these conversations were uh, really beneficial for everyone who was involved. Yeah, and I think, uh, as, as Leah said, I think at every meeting we had the teacher shortage and special ed were, was brought up, and, and they're related. They're they're kind of, they're related because, um, you know, if if districts are able to use their general funds solely for general operations, they can they can make salaries more competitive and and maybe hire more teachers or or give uh, staff bonuses and things like that in, in this kind of tight labor market, but. Like John said, it was wonderful to see folks. Uh, we had uh, quite a few legislators come too. It was great to see them. Uh, always great to see uh, legislators and, and their uh, uh, constituents uh, talking to one another. And I think everything was very respectful, and everything was very. Uh, it, it wouldn't make uh, it wouldn't make good uh, TV or social media. <laughs> kind of boring, wonky kind of public education stuff, but it was really great to see everybody. Yeah, I think we had over 250 uh, members that we visited with. So that was just outstanding. So we, we appreciate people's uh, participation in those hearing in those meetings and uh, also urge you to take a look at those resolutions that you should have received in your email and give us your feedback uh, in preparation for the delegate assembly vote on November 12th. So here we are, October 21st, uh, not very far away from the November election. So we have been pushing out a lot of information about the election. There, This is just such an important election uh, at the state and the national level. So let's, uh, let's review some of our items of uh, concern and some of our, some of our efforts. Scott, you want to go into some of our election coverage? Well, of course, uh, the election is November 8th. Uh, voting is going on as we speak. And so um, uh, we, we are encouraging everyone to get out there and vote and, 
and to do their research and find out who are the pro-education uh, candidates. Uh, I think uh, one development that's kind of occurred since last we spoke is that in Western uh, Kansas, uh, Gene Clifford is mounting a write-in campaign for State Board of uh, Education. Uh, she was uh, defeated in the um, uh, GOP primary in August and uh, not by a lot of votes. Uh, and so uh, there is a write-in effort uh, for her to remain on the board uh, in the general. So uh, that, that's kind of a development on the state board race. We have two other state board of education races in Northeast Kansas. And uh, of course we have the governor's race and attorney general and a lot of other, uh, lots of legislative races. So uh, we're just wanting people to do their civic duty and get out there and vote. My wife and I, we're going to vote uh, this afternoon and then go drink margaritas. <laughs> now, we've got some resources on our website, don't we? If people are interested in finding oh, out. Yeah, where there's that too. Yeah. yeah, that too. Uh, before the mar or maybe after the margaritas. Um, we send a questionnaire to some of the candidates and ask them to respond. And uh, we have posted those on our website. If you uh, scroll down to the bottom of the uh, front page, uh, you'll see information on elections, and I believe that survey information is posted there. That's right. So very important because, you know, as we mentioned, we're going to, the legislative session is going to involve debates on special education funding. We also know we'll almost certainly see some legislation about vouchers to take money away from public schools and give that funding to private schools. So it's going to be critical for all of us to know where our legislators and candidates stand on these issues as you head to the polls and as we get ready for the 2023 legislative session. Let's see, anything else we need to cover, John or Scott, on this beautiful October day? Oh, I think, uh, I think we've covered it. I think uh, the news conference on special ed was uh, uh, much needed and, and I hope uh, again, I hope people can get out and talk to their legislators about that issue. Yeah, I'll just add, um, we like to think that our uh, legisl legislators are all knowledgeable on all subjects, but when they get to the or when they get to the state house, you have, you know, tax policy, uh, agriculture policy. You know, it's impossible for any one person to be knowledgeable on every subject, and so a lot of times when it comes to education, just being able to share what is going on in your school, and even if it seems something that may seem kind of straightforward to you, um, just having that conversation with your legislator um, can be uh, extremely helpful. That is so right, John. Thank you. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap up the Advocate Podcast for October 21st, 2022. It's great, been great uh, talking at you, and we will talk to you all again in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everybody. Running a school district is more work than most people realize. From leading a diverse staff to protecting the health and safety of employees and students, the work of an educational leader is never done. It can be overwhelming to find solutions to the challenges facing a district, but you don't have to lead your schools alone. Kansas Board Solutions, a wholly owned subsidiary of the Kansas Association of School Boards, is here to help you find the solutions you need to support your students and staff effectively and efficiently. With a full suite of technology and insurance solutions, KBS offers an array of services to benefit your school district. 
We know districts continue to face a wide range of challenges as student needs change, staffing requirements evolve, district facilities age, and much more. As a wholly owned subsidiary of KASB, KBS fulfills its mission by keeping money in local schools instead of spending it on huge year-end bonuses or high-flying corporate retreats. All of this helps us achieve our goal of helping you build and run the best schools in the nation. With KBS, you are truly getting a partner in education that serves you with a purpose. Wondering what KBS offers and how you might use it? The answer is simple. If you're in need of a software, insurance, or resources solution, KBS should be your first call. Learn more at www.ksb.org backslash solutions.